welcome to our KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast Series, delivering fresh insights and perspectives around major accounting and financial reporting developments on ESG reporting. We thank you for joining today. I'd like to welcome everybody to our latest ESG reporting update. Today, we're looking at some of the themes coming out of the ISSB Symposium in New York on February 22nd. And if you're tuning in for the first time, ISSB is the International Sustainability Standards Board. My name is Julie Santoro. I'm a US partner in the Department of Professional Practice and I lead our ESG activities there. I'm joined by somebody who I know that many of you must know, Maura Hodge, our US Audit ESG leader. She was with me at the symposium. But to make this super interesting today, we have a special guest. We have Mark Vassen joining us. He is KPMG's Global Head of Corporate and Sustainability Reporting and also the President of Accountancy Europe. So welcome, Maura, and welcome, Mark. There were over a thousand delegates from more than 50 jurisdictions, both in person and online. We heard from the ISSB chair, Emmanuel Faber, and other ISSB board members. We heard from regulators and others with a stake in regulatory adoption of sustainability reporting standards. And we heard from preparers, investors, and analysts. So it was a really great collection of different perspectives. We heard about the progress toward adoption of ISSB standards in different countries and some really powerful messaging about the benefits of the standards as a global baseline. So there really was a lot of positivity and continuing goodwill. But tempered with the knowledge that now comes the challenge of staying on track to make the global baseline a reality. So if I stand back and look at the big picture, I was struck by a single theme, or perhaps I should say a single fear of each country, each jurisdiction determining their own rules that may be similar, but ultimately not similar enough to ease the burden on preparers or to be of maximum use to investors. So for many years, we had the alphabet soup of largely voluntary frameworks, and we talk about the huge amount of consolidation in the last few years. So today, we tend to speak about the big three ESG reporting frameworks, the ISSB standards, the European Sustainability Reporting Standards, or the ESRSs, and also the SEC's forthcoming climate rule. But I have to be honest that this in itself is a big simplification. Companies with a global footprint need to think about their reporting obligations in many more jurisdictions. So at this symposium, we were introduced to some newer phrases. In his opening address, ISSB Chair Emmanuel Faber spoke about a regulatory alphabet soup. Bank of America Chair and Chief Executive Brian Moynihan spoke about regulatory fragmentation, and we heard that phrase throughout the day. Nandini Sukumar, CEO of the World Federation of Exchanges, referred to the risk of regulators having the same good intent, but reaching a different outcome. So let's dive a bit deeper into this. If I bring you in, Maura, as you talk to companies, how real is this fragmentation concern? It is very real, Julie. One of the things that I heard at the symposium was Mike Tovey from Bank of America. He said, 
we don't want 150 instances of the standards. Complying with that is really a waste of money that could and should be spent on other things. And this statement and sentiment has been echoed by many other clients, both before the symposium and subsequent to it. I think that the goal of all of this reporting is to reflect what companies are doing and provide transparency into that. And our fear, and I'm starting to see it now as the transpositions and the drafts of the rules are coming out on a jurisdiction by jurisdiction basis, is that even if we use ISSB as a global baseline and there's consistency of language and how companies are thinking generally about sustainability, there is still a real risk that measurement of the impact, measurement of the non-financial metrics, and even the financial metrics will be required to be different jurisdiction by jurisdiction. And then you have multiple sets of books that you have to maintain and update on a regular basis in order to meet these regulatory requirements. And that's really scary. That is a, a big burden. And I think an area that regulators need to be monitoring and focused on in order to make this something that um, companies can implement and adopt. So, Mark, you have a very global view of everything that's happening, and you're very close to the developments in the EU. What do you see as the way forward? Yes, Julie. Well, let me first also say that I think that the risk is real. And I think that we have a really kind of once in a lifetime chance to create an effective and efficient global ecosystem. Um, You said it, I think, Julie, we're coming from a voluntary reporting system with many frameworks and standards for sustainability reporting, that real alphabet soup. And it struck me also at this conference again that investors and preparers alike are really asking for streamlining, right? One version of the truth. And I also would say that we're not getting that quite yet. I think the good news that I took from the conference is that many countries are working on implementing or otherwise using these ISSB standards. I think there were already 14 countries mentioned in the conference that are adopting uh, ISSB standards as a global baseline, and these include countries like the UK, Canada, Japan, Brazil, Mexico, so not the smallest economies. I think that's that's a positive. Um, The ISSB at the conference actually launched its Uh, inaugural jurisdictional guide for the adoption and use of ISSB standards, which I think is useful for countries to look at how they can adopt it. But I would fully agree with uh, what Maura said. We need to actually ask countries not to adjust too much. I think the global baseline really means that you adopt the standards as they are. Secondly, what needs to be done is that standard setters are working together and working together more. We are in a situation where we are, where Europe and the ISSB started from different starting points and came up with climate standards that are very similar, but not the same. And we need to have mapping tables in order to bridge the gaps. But going forward, you would hope that the standard setters are really working together. And I think the forthcoming project on sector standards that EFREC uh, will be embarking on would be a great opportunity for the ISSB, but also GRI to work together. So you mentioned the GRI, and for those listeners who don't know it, that's the Global Reporting Initiative. Um, Now that you bring GRI into the conversation, um, equivalence was another phrase brought up at the conference, Mark. What's your take on that? Yeah, that's an important discussion, actually, Julie, and let me explain, right? So in the CSRD, the piece of legislation that introduces sustainability reporting in the EU, 
there is this extraterritorial effect that companies outside of the EU would also have to report if they have uh, a revenue inside of the EU of more than 150 million. And uh, at the moment, the idea would be that they had to have to report on the basis of the European standards, but then maybe a slimmed down version of that. But it's, uh, it's for the European Commission to decide whether other frameworks uh, are considered equivalent with the European standards. And if that were the case, then the companies would not have to use these slimmed down ESRS versions, but could actually use their own standards. And that's where GRI comes in, right? Because um, when people ask, okay, could ISSB standards be equivalent to European standards? The answer would be probably not because they're, they're aimed at different audiences. ISSB is aimed at investors. Uh, the European standards are broader stakeholder uh, oriented, so um, not only at investors, but also a broader stakeholder group. But in order to have both perspectives covered, the ISSB could work with the GRI. As you know, the GRI, the Global Reporting Initiative, is uh, actually aimed at impact and at a broader uh, in, um, stakeholder group. So the two of them could actually serve as a package that countries could look at and thereby claim to the European Commission that they would be equivalent with European standards. I think that in itself would really be a huge reduction of burden for companies outside the EU who have to report inside of the EU. And that would also help Europe in its discussion about uh, in, uh, keeping its investment climate attractive within the European Union. Before we close, got to turn it back to you, Maura, with last thoughts on another theme that I thought was pretty important at the conference, although they didn't explore it in depth. And I know this one is very close to your heart. We talk about it a lot. So how important is it for preparers to think about the connectivity of climate, broader sustainability disclosures to what's actually in their financial statements? You're right. It is very close to my heart, Julie. As a financial statement auditor by background and by trade, the financial information and financial reporting is, is really important to be connecting to the sustainability information that companies are issuing. And I'm not the only one that, that really cares about this. We heard Richard Barker, the ISSB board member, stress connectivity in the comments that he made. And I think why it's so important is because ISSB and SEC rules are really focused on decision useful information for investors. And we know that investors historically have been very focused on financial reporting and the dollars that are flowing through companies' balance sheets and, and profit and loss statements and cash flows. And so sometimes it is really hard to put into perspective the impacts that we're talking about um, that are typically non-financial metrics. So how do we connect what companies are doing around sustainability issues in order to make sure that they are sustainable and able to continue to operate in the long term and translate that into impacts today in what's manifesting itself in the financial statements. And so as we look at statements of cash flows, being able to identify and highlight the initiatives that companies are actually investing money in and showing the amount of capital that is being directed in those areas, as well as then being able to segregate or highlight the revenues or the capital expenditures or the operating expenditures that have come through um, as a result of, of all of this focus. 
And so I think it's it's been a bit of a chicken or the egg situation in the past where there's a question of how does this non-financial information turn into financial information and should we produce it if if the models don't exist? But we can't create the models and investors can't create the models until they have reliable and comparable information to feed in on a consistent basis and be able to see the trends. And so as we move forward, thinking about how the non-financial information and the sustainability data that's being produced connects to your financial statements is going to be really important. And I'm personally watching how investors are managing that and, and what they're looking into as they build out their models to, to create investment decisions. So thanks, Maura, for finishing us off on connectivity. Of course, we're also watching the ISSB's project on climate risks and other uncertainties in the financial statements. So let's sum up on what we think are the key messages from the first IFRS Sustainability Symposium. And I'd like to come back to the messages from Brian Moynihan from Bank of America. I think that those pretty much summed up what we heard as well. So number one, drive the adoption of ISSB standards globally. Number two, to the extent the standards can't be the same, then we should seek out equivalency. And Mark spoke about the potential for the Global Reporting Initiative. And number three, of course, we must never forget the objective that disclosures should be decision useful for investors. So in conclusion, the symposium was success and we look forward to all of us collectively doing our best to avoid regulatory fragmentation. Thanks, Maura, and a special thanks to Mark. Remember, for international news, you can go to kpmg.com slash IFRS, then look for our Climate Change Reporting Centre and our Sustainability Reporting Centre. That's our international update for today. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast. For more in-depth ESG-related financial reporting developments, analysis, and podcast episodes, type into your browser, visit.kpmg.us forward slash ESG reporting, and be sure to subscribe today.